I'm Mark Sheldon, and welcome to The Road to Health, a podcast brought to you by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island. Today, we're having a party. In fact, it's a birthday party because the Blue Angel Community Health Grant Program is turning 20 years old. Mm-mm-mm. They grow up so fast, don't they? Even if you've never heard of the Blue Angel Community Health Grant Program, chances are someone you know has been touched by its funding. We're talking about an annual competitive grant program focused on addressing critical health issues in Rhode Island. The grant achieves this by partnering with community-based agencies that are trying to improve the health of Rhode Islanders. This funding program is the cornerstone of Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island's community investment activities, and they're proud of the organizations they've worked with and the results they've achieved since it began 20 years ago. So, come on in, and don't worry if you forgot your invite, we're just about to be joined by our guests of honor. Linda Newton is the former VP of Community Relations, Corporate Social Responsibility, and Diversity at Blue Cross and Blue Shield, and while she was in that role, she both founded the grant and hired our second guest, Carolyn Belisle. Carolyn is the Managing Director of Corporate Social Responsibility for Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island. So happy birthday, Blue Angel Community Health Grant Program. Let the fun begin. We're celebrating here today 20 years of Blue Angel Community Grant Program. Take us back to when this program started. What is What was the impetus and what is the significance in the community? Well, for me, I think Blue Cross has always had a rich history of giving and being part of the community. But we really wanted to, number one, make it something that was sustainable. We wanted to be sure that with our grants, we could continue to give over the years. You know, businesses sometimes have ups and downs, and we didn't want the community to feel the impact of our business's ups and downs. And we wanted to make sure that we put something in place, put structure around a grant program that would be something that could continue, that the community could count on. And I've been thrilled to see that that has happened and that the grant program has continued to grow and continued to make a real difference in the community of Rhode Island. I think at the beginning, we also wanted to be sure that we weren't just a check writer, that we had a program that was really making a difference, that we could tell that we were having an impact. And those were some of the initial thoughts that went into place as we put the program together. I think some of those key tenants are really very alive and well 20-some-odd years later. Blue Angel Community Health Grant Program continues to be one of the more meaningful ways we're able to establish relationships with various nonprofit organizations across the state because we do take very seriously that notion of being more than just a check writer. Certainly the funding we're able to provide is meaningful and it's critical and it's important to these organizations and their ability to deliver on their mission. But more than that, we're able to be partners in 
a really comprehensive way. We can understand the issues that they're facing, understand the issue their mission is trying to address. We can bring additional resources to bear that oftentimes aren't in the form of a check. They're in the form of our our talent and our time and in ways that we can influence change for just a better Rhode Island. And so that, uh, that key tenant, among others, I think is alive and well in uh, Blue Angel Community Health Grant Program. I think it, it also is not just a grant program. We have the volunteer program that, when you put the two together, really makes a robust way for Blue Cross to engage our employees, engage the community in something that makes a, a real difference in the community. So 20 years, I mean, that sounds like uh, it, was a, it was a different world. Was there anything specific about that time and place that set this into motion? Leadership at that time recognized that there were pockets of good work happening all across the organization, but it was not coordinated. It was not centralized. It was not coordinated in, in a manner behind a corporate strategy. And there like anything in business, was benefit to doing it in a more structured and centralized manner. And so leadership at the time, along with what was happening across business industry, was recognizing a more intentional and strategic frame and function that, you know, is called corporate citizenship, is called social responsibility, is called community involvement, whatever it was called at the time, there was real recognition on the part of leadership and the board to to create that. And Linda specifically was tapped for that function. Right. I, back then, I had always been involved in the community. I served on a lot of boards, had always been very much active in the community. And the leadership at that time recognized that and asked me to start the Blue Angel Community Health Grant Program, along with the Blue Angel volunteers. I think prior to us actually having the structured program, as Carolyn mentioned, the activities that were taking place were based on the employee interests and weren't combined with a a corporate intent to improve the community and to demonstrate to the community that we are the local insurer that is here for the people of Rhode Island and we are only focused on the people of Rhode Island. And so I think that more strategic approach was what brought everything together and caused us to, to actually centralize and focus and make strategic the programs that have been taking place across the company. Like we said, 20 years is a long time. Uh, you know, the state of Rhode Island has certainly evolved, and I'm sure the needs of the people of Rhode Island have evolved in terms of uh, how you approach it with altruism. How has this grant evolved over the years? I've seen the program grow. I've seen the direction of the program change. And the the changes have been based on what evidence shows us are the most specific and the most uh, the priority needs of the community. So now housing is a big issue, and 
The, the evidence shows that housing is the most critical issue facing Rhode Islanders today. So how can that not be central to the health of a community? That is central to the health of the Rhode Island community. And so it's really great to see that the program can change and adapt and address the programs that are most critical and provide support where it's most needed. And I think for the changes that that are evidenced by the focus areas in which we fund, I think what is maybe, if I may say, more remarkable over 20 years is the elements that have not changed. And I go back to the sort of key tenets that were intentionally laid out that are still alive and well. And I'll, I'll point to the ability for the company to be responsive. So addressing those key health-related and societal issues and needs that Rhode Islanders are experiencing. Also remaining core to the program is the fact that decisions on grant awards are made by community members. It was always important to the organization to first and foremost embrace our role as stewards of the resources entrusted to us. So we are entrusted with our members' trust, our members' information, our members' resources, and we do not have private foundation. And so those dollars that we invest back out into critical issues are done so on behalf of our membership and our stakeholders. And we take that really seriously. And from the beginning, decision-making on what organizations would receive grants and how much is done so in a structured manner, for sure, but is done so with input from the community. And I think as well that that notion of being more than a check writer, really embracing this award as an opportunity for us to build a meaningful relationship that in many cases transcends beyond the years of the grant funding specifically, that is something that has not changed from day one. And it's for those reasons and for those those sort of really cemented values, I think that's almost more remarkable. So let's talk about some favorite memories. Are there certain programs that stick out when you think back over, and this this number is is um, is impressive, 83 organizations and 107 programs that have been funded over the, the 20 years of this program? For me, I'll never forget our grant funding of Youth in Action. I will always remember that because it was a youth, it's a youth-led organization, and the grant was written by youth in the organization. And the actual grant application was so well done that we couldn't believe it and thought, mm, this can't be right. And it really was, I think, the start of our site visits because we decided we need to go out to this organization and meet the young people that say they wrote this grant because it was so well done that we were a little skeptical. When we went out to the organization, the site visit blew us away. These were young people who 
were not the exception. They were the average child in high school attending an after-school program. But the program was so powerful that it enabled and empowered them to write this fabulous grant application, and we funded them. And it was a leap of faith to some extent for us, but it was a great leap. It was a great step. And it started a relationship with that organization, but it also showed us how important site visits are in terms of meeting the organization, actually talking to the people that would benefit from our funding and really finding, getting a real sense for what the organization is about and how much of what is written on the piece of paper is real. That's, I love that story. Carolyn, how about you? I think for me, there's, I mean, there's so many, there's so many relationships that organizationally we hold today because of the entry point of Blue Angel Community Health Grant. So that is valuable beyond measure. I also think it's really, it's interesting to think about the key issues that we've been involved in through funding. And I I always recognize Blue Cross is not always the largest funder. We're not solving any of these issues alone, but we are big promoters of collaboration and how when we focus and work together, that's when you really start to see meaningful change. And so I think about some issue areas that we were funding in that don't require as much funding today because, you know, a sustainable solution has come to bear for whatever the issue might have been. I think noteworthy, though, is when I speak with organizations today that can harken back to the original Blue Angel Community Health Grant they got and articulate how that then seed funding has fueled something bigger, still alive and well today. Definitely. I also think about our funding of the Rhode Island Free Clinic, sort of a organization that cares for people that don't have insurance. And and hopefully, as health insurance and the Affordable Care Act have come into place, the need for the free clinic, you would think has decreased, but I don't I'm not so sure that that's the case. And I know that our funding and our resources in terms of some of our medical staff who volunteer there, that's been a real meaningful way for us to help those that don't have health insurance. And we all know we that have the advantage of, of having good health care coverage, how important that is. And it's very important for us to recognize that everybody has that need. It's obvious that the approach to grants has matured over the years. I know that affordable housing is a major focus in the current uh, version of, of, the, of the grant program and a crisis in, in the state and beyond. Can you talk about what makes it the right issue for us to approach in this program in 2023? We have been funding in the broader space of access to safe 
high-quality, affordable housing since Blue Angel Community Health Grant year 2020. And we know that that is the exact right space we should be because the data tells us so. And beyond the evidence base, Rhode Islanders tell us so. We're fortunate that we have a longstanding relationship with Brown University School of Public Health around an annual survey called the Rhode Island Life Index. And each year, we conduct a survey, a telephonic survey, that asks Rhode Islanders a myriad of questions in and around the space of what enables your ability to be well in Rhode Island and what stands in your way, what really prohibits the highest degree of health and well-being in Rhode Island. And for the last four years, housing and lack of access to affordable housing is at the top of the list. And so we feel really emboldened both by the research that tells us from a social determinant of health standpoint, the criticality of housing to one's overall health outcomes. But we know we're in the right space back to how seriously we take our stewardship. And we know that Rhode Islanders are expressing this as a concern. And so we feel it is our responsibility, frankly, to make investments in the places and spaces that are highlighted by Rhode Islanders in every community, members, non-members, just simply Rhode Islanders that they highlight as as the most serious and the most concerning. I also think it's an important way for Blue Cross as a company to show its leadership. We are an important company in this community, and our focus on housing, affordable housing for people in need is an important way for us to lead. And hopefully other companies and other communities across the state will follow our lead. So 20 years of Blue Angel Community Health Grant behind us. What do we hope for the next 20 years of this program? Well, in, from my perspective, from the beginning of the program, the disparities in our community have always been an issue. The focus on equity has always been an issue, and it continues to be an issue today. So I'm hopeful that the Blue Angel Grant Program will continue to shine a light on the inequities that exist in our communities, the inequities that exist in health care, in affordable housing, in just about every critical indicator there is. Just in today's paper, there was an article about the fetal mortality rate and the discrepancy between black families and other families in our community. So it's an issue that doesn't seem to be getting much better. And I think it needs the leadership of Blue Cross, the leadership of the Blue Angel Community Health Grant Program, along with the other leaders in our community to come together to really start to make a difference and start to change that dynamic. 20 years from now, it's really hard to fathom. I'd like to think that we will continue to have a program that is 
responsive to the needs of the community, but really centers a higher degree than today level of trust in the actual mechanics of grant making and grant awards. We spend a lot of time thinking about how we partner with our organizations enough to know how these investments are making a difference. We want to have a depth of understanding on how those investments are making a difference, but we also don't want to be in the way and in the weeds of organizations whose mission is best delivered by them with issues that are best addressed by them, with expertise that is usually fueled by lived experience. And that really centers trust at the epicenter of that relationship. And I don't mean to say that that isn't there today, but I hope in future iterations, we really can lean into trust-based philanthropy to really enable our nonprofit sector to do their best work That sector is so critical to every facet of our life in Rhode Island, and I don't often think appreciated to that extent. And I think developed and enabled even greater than it is today, I think we'll really, we'll see some positive impact of that moving forward. I love that concept of trust-based philanthropy. I think it's critical. It's critical to moving forward. It's, It's critical in terms of these small grassroots organizations having the ability to focus on their mission and not on filling out grant applications and jumping through hoops for granting organizations. They are running so lean and they have so much work to do with so little resources that that trust-based philanthropy is critical. And If that can happen, not only for the Blue Angel Grant Program, but for other funders, that would be a tremendous step forward in our community. I think the only thing left is uh, for y'all to congratulate each other on 20 years. Congratulations. Congratulations. I am over the top. This is... When Carolyn approached me and said we're about to celebrate 20 years of the Blue Angel Community Health Grant Program, I couldn't believe it. It's been wonderful to see Blue Cross so respected in the community and accepted as a partner in the community. That's something that doesn't, doesn't just happen. It happens because of integrity. It happens because of partnership building. And it happens because there's trust. We celebrate this milestone based on a legacy. And I think the thoughtful, sound, well-researched approach that you took to building this program that we know today. And I think it is such an effective tool for us today because of that really, really well thought out approach. So we continue to build floors on that very solid foundation. And so thank you for your trailblazing at the time, visionary work to establish this program. It, it, it really is a beloved piece of the work that we continue to do every day. Wow, what a party. 
Want to know the good news? It doesn't end here. We're celebrating the Blue Angel Community Health Grant's big 2-0 all year long. So check back with us as we speak with grantees new and old every month and learn about how the grant is changing lives. The Road to Health is a podcast from Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island. It's hosted and produced by me, Mark Sheldon, and Mason Im is our sound engineer with additional support from Yasmin Diaz. Be healthy, be well, and keep your eyes on the road.